We call it the Eucharist in some circles, and we call it what? It's Holy Communion, it's the Lord's Supper, and it's the Eucharist. It's one of those three. And there's this passage that's very familiar to believers because people have been uh, participating in the community of faith in the communion table for a long time. And we're going to kind of do a historical lesson about the Passover this morning, headed toward uh, this particular lesson. But basically, communion means a shared or mutual participation. And that's what we're going to do today is the body of faith. We participate in the body of Christ. And the scripture says, do this often in remembrance of me. We, we remember Jesus every time that we come to the table, every time that we're served the Lord's Supper, that we're served Holy Communion, remember this. And it commemorates the Passover of old. Exodus 12 would be uh, the chapter and address if you want to go there and, and, and read a lot about that. It's amazing. But it, the, the Passover is really the precursor to where we are today at communion, at the table. And actually today... I'm going to do it different. I haven't done this way in about 15, 16 years. Matter of fact, the last time we did this, Drew Wobble was about five years old. <laughs> yeah. So, and because we have really hung into this intention when we take the bread and the cup and we dip, and that's the way we do it, and it's been incredible. But I thought teaching on communion, because I've only taught on the actual subject so many times over the 22 years. I thought, today, let's go old school. And some of you thought, oh, this is so good. This reminds me of my Baptist and ecclesiastical roots in the Methodist church. Praise God. And some of you are like, you mean we're going to have a little cup today? But let me go ahead and tell you, we're not going to do the little styrofoam bread. The, you know, the little, we're, we're going to actually have bread with the cup, and we'll pass them. But it's a whole thing that we'll do at the end. But I want to set us up biblically for where we are because here's why I want to do this. I want to talk on communion because Christians have done this for thousands of years. But if we're not careful, we uh, get in a rut, a routine, no, a habit. And that habit, we just go through the motion. Let me, let me tell you how habits work. How many times have you driven to work and home, driven to school and back, and when you got to your destination, being school or home or office, the thought occurred to you, who drove this car? I don't even remember driving. Raise your hand if you've been there. It's a little scary, isn't it? Because you're like, God, I know you were gracious because I don't even remember the thing. It's such a habit that I do every day. And here's why I teach on communion today. If we're not careful, so many of us have done it so many times, maybe hundreds, maybe thousands of times, maybe dozens of times. And it just has become ritualistic. So one of the things we do at Christ Community, we do it about once a month, very consistently. Some denominations do it weekly. And Jesus said do it often. But, but here's the thing. I just find we, we try to keep it fresh as we come to the table of grace, as we come there. Out of tradition that I was trained in, I was a United Methodist pastor for a long time, and 22 years ago I surrendered my credentials and we started a community church, Christ Community. But out of that tradition of Wesleyan, of holiness, the, the good part of the denomination that I love, John Wesley talked about a thing called the means of grace. And a lot of times when you say the means of grace, people are like, well, what are you talking about? There's only one way to the Father, it's Jesus. And the church said, Amen. But he, when he talks about means of grace, if you want to write it out there, write means of grace, put a hyphen and go, a gift. He was just talking about means of grace that we connect with the Father. 
And in this sense, it's ways that we, uh, it's these habits that we take on that help shape our spiritual life. Here's some of the ways of, of gra- the means of grace that he talked about. Avoid doing harm. That's a good means of grace. Do good. Pray and pray a lot. Another one would be engage in Christian conversation that would stretch and push your faith. Fast. And he would say, participate in Holy Communion. But these are ways that we connect with a divine on a vertical plane. It's, it's just a beautiful thing. So today, when, when we receive communion, my prayer is that it's just not this holy habit that the church does. But we really sense that today, my sins are forgiven. Today, I'm cleansed afresh by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Today, I draw near in faith to make my plea to God. And Lord, I come. So it's not that, I I just hope and pray that we don't become so robotic in our mannerisms and our habits that we just run through, oh yeah, communion again. Communion, just got to do communion. And and it just loses the the significance and the the power and the beauty of the table that God has for us. I don't want us to zone out, not to get into that routine, but it's a, I would say the Lord's Supper is an extraordinary meal. It's a meal that cost incredibly the life of Christ. It's powerful. It's passionate. It's the present. This morning, in, in, doing, in receiving communion, we proclaim the death of Christ, that Christ died, that he, that he sacrificed for us. It's a, a present-day proclamation of the death of Jesus. But it's also that present time when we come into the presence of Jesus afresh and new in, in an intimate manner with him as believers. And then it's that, it's that future. Oh, I love the future. It's that future that we await the feast that I'll talk about in a few moments that Christ promised to those that love him and will follow him based on what he's done. Um, 1 Corinthians, if you want to write it down, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six. the scripture says, as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. How many of you believe the Lord will come again? I hope you all do. He will come again. But we might go before he comes, okay? I don't know when our last day is. I'm kind of glad that we don't know when we're going to, uh, our last appointed, it is appointed time to face judgment and have death. But here's the thing. I, I, in this life, I want us to grow. I just want us to grow as devoted followers of Jesus. And, and, and this morning, it's about the grace of the table. And, and the table, let, let me say this to you. Communion is always a lot more than an individual event, and it is an individual relationship with Christ. Don't let me negate that. But it's also a communal, community event that Jesus authors, that he perfects, that he provides, that he invites participation in. And, and, and so this morning, I just wanted to kind of go old school and go, Lord, teach us on communion. In the days of the Apostle Paul, they were fighting over communion, and, and they would go, and they had wine, and they had a thing, and sometimes they would, you know, they got really a little tipsy sometimes, and they would drink too much, and, and they, sometimes they would gorge on the food at the table, and he had to say, hey, man, y'all eat before you come. This is like just a snack, okay? Hey, but really, hey, this is the presence of Christ. Let's, let's honor this. The Scripture says, examine yourself before you come to the table. The, the Scripture says that some have died because they, they took communion in an unworthy manner. I always tell people, man, the table is for Christians. 
The table is for all denominations that profess Christ. Come. But when you come, come with clean hands and a pure heart. Come examining your heart. Don't come unworthy. Christ is worthy. But, man, make it right with God because, man, some people have died early because they came in an unworthy manner. It's just a, uh, it's a powerful picture of the love of Christ every time that we do communion. Let me get to the verse there across the very top of your uh, worship guide. Would you look there with me? You, you see the Gospel of Mark recorded the, the 14th chapter, the 22nd through the, the 25th verse. Listen to this. And as they were eating, he took bread, and after blessing, he broke it. He gave it to them and said, Take, and this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given it, he, thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank it up. And he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. And truly I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. I don't know about you, I get excited about sitting. I told the worship team today, I'm thrilled about being in the presence physically of Christ and sitting down in the marriage supper of the Lamb, participating in this great meal with all those that have preceded us and all those that are in Christ. Will that be a celestial, incredible, off-the-chart celebration? Will it be, church? I mean, man, do you look forward to that, to that Lamb's banquet? Oh, man, do I. And only those that are washed in the blood of Christ. Only those that are forgiven. Only those that have Christ get to participate in that great meal. Jesus, when he was talking to them in the upper room about this, man, their jaws dropped. I mean, he, it was profound, man. Like They'd had this tradition like for thousands of years. They'd been doing the Passover, and they'd been doing this thing. And Jesus talks about, hey, I am the, the bread of life, John 6, 61. And he just kind of sets them on the ear, man. It's like, oh, my goodness. And, and some of them go, man, he's a heretic. What? He claims to be God because he was God. He didn't have to claim it. He, he was. And so he broke all this tradition for them. And, and in that day, man, they probably were tearing their clothes and go, man, he blasphemes against God. He's not God, but he is God. And boy, did he prove it in the resurrection, didn't he, church? But the original Passover meal there in Exodus 12 for the ancient and present-day Jews, the Passover meal was the annual meal that commemorated what God had done, the defining moment in the history of Israel. It was a, it was a great event. And so Jesus, when he gathered with his disciples, and they had this Passover meal, and he began to instruct them about what we would do from that day forward. It was beautiful. But there was two things that God commanded his people to do at Passover. You can write them down. He commanded them, do it every year. Do it on an annual basis. Make sure that you celebrate the Passover meal every year. And do it at the exact same time, same way, every time that you do it. And so the, the Jewish people in their homes, they would stand up, the head of the home, and they would teach and they would pass the elements of Passover around the table. And they would stop and they, they would pause. And they would reflect. And they certainly knew the order of the table and how they would do this. And they would be reminded of the exodus and the deliverance from their slavery in Egypt and how God had been an incredible God and how he had delivered the people as he promised. And here we are at communion. It's the same thing today. God delivers us from our sin. God delivers us from our bondage in Jesus Christ. Man, what, what an incredible thought. 
And um, so let's look here at the four cups. We, can you look there in your worship guide? I want you to fill this out today. I want you to take it with you. Maybe this will be helpful to you today, okay? Number one, there were four cups. The first cup represented the promise of God that he was going to rescue them from Egypt. And that was a big deal. Every time that you see about Egypt in the scripture, it's not good. It's got something to do with sin. And God promised that he would rescue them. And secondly, he represented the promise of God that he would free them from their slavery. He would free them from their bondage. They wouldn't have to be held captive any longer. And anytime you and I get free, in 2018, when we get free, man, it's a good thing. The third thing, the third cup was the promise of God that he was going to ultimately redeem them, not by their power, but by his power. This morning, it's no different. We don't get free on our own abilities. <laughs> We're a joke. But by the power of the resurrection of Christ, we get free. And fourth, look at it. The fourth cup was the future promise of God that he would restore relationship with his people once and for all at some point in the future. And we know that he restores it with us in Christ when Christ once and for all made sacrifice for our sins. And fill in the next one. Also, this fourth cup is known as the cup of praise. And I'll talk about that in a minute. It was just a cup of exaltation. It was a cup of being victorious. See, the gospel is filled with such good news. You have to understand the bad news that we're sinful, we're frail, we've missed the mark. But then there's that redemption of Jesus. And he draws near and he calls us to himself and he calls us to a new life. The, the bread of affliction, they, they understood this as Old Testament people. Sometimes we don't understand that today. We just kind of blow past that, that there's affliction and, and that Christ suffered affliction for us that we could be forgiven. Their forefathers in Egypt and all the things that had gone before them, it, it was hard. You read the, the stories of the Old Testament and you see how hard it was for the people of God and how they were persecuted. I'm thinking modern day, here we are in 2018, and I'm really, really disturbed as a pastor, as a fellow believer of where our nation is going. That it seems to be the remnant, the true body of Christ is really going to distinguish itself over the next 10 years. Would you agree, church? The church is going, the, the world, the culture is going so much against the church right now. The church needs to rise up. The church needs to rise up and be the bride of Christ. But in the Greek here, in Mark 14, 22, and he, they were eating. He took bread. He blessed it, broke it, gave it to them, and said, take this as my body. In the Greek, it just goes, take because I myself am this body. This is, this is my body. This is my body of God given for you as sacrifice. No need for sacrifices after me. No need for lambs. No need to come to the temple and, and to uh, annihilate, to, to kill, to sacrifice the animals. That's over. Aren't you glad for that? Hello. Aren't you glad you don't have to make sacrifice? I mean, I am, man. Christ, his sacrifice was unblemished, perfect. Ex here's the greatest thing. Acceptable to God. The only thing that would accept our, our forgiveness, that would grant us forgiveness. So the kingdom of God um, gets established by the breaking of his body. It gets established by the cross, and we sing so much around here about the cross, and we love the cross, and the, and, and the people of the Old Testament, they would have the bitter herbs and the fruit, and they would take these different cups, and they would pass them around, and Jesus kind of skips over that, and he talks about the bitter, that he would take away the bitterness of the people, and he'd take away our sin, and how beautiful that would be, and yet the head of this Jewish household 
would hold up the different elements and the fruit and different ones, and he would pass it around, and they would stop, and they would reflect, and they would meditate, and they would remember the toll and the slavery in the hard times back in Egypt and how it was for those before them. But Jesus just kind of breaks tradition here, and he skips over this, and he goes, but this is my body given for you. This is my body, the body of Christ. I'm, I'm the lamb. Uh, I overcome. You know, you, you know, in the Old Testament, when they used to, the, 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 about the Passover, and they would have to take the blood of the lamb, and then they'd have to smear it on the doorpost. And when they did, the death angel would do what? Would pass over. Would pass over that house. And those inside that house, and the, and the young, they, they would be saved. They would be safe. And this morning, man, Christ just wants to come over the door of our heart, and he wants to paint us with the blood of himself. God wants to paint us with the blood of his son, that we're acceptable in the beloved, that God makes an exchange. God makes an exchange for an earthly lamb for an eternal lamb. And that eternal lamb is Jesus. That's why we sing about him. That's why we praise him. That's why we magnify him. He's worthy of all our praise. This morning, you seniors and, and some of you have gotten such great marks and great grades and you've won awards and achievements and you've scored so well in aptitude tests and on and on. You've done amazing things and your mama goes, praise God. And there could be some people here today, maybe not today of you three, y'all have done so well, but there could be some people like, your mama, she's just going, praise God. They're leaving. They're going to get out of high school. And it could be you could be a mom, and your mom would go, you're going to be around another year. You ain't, I was talking to a guy the other day. I said, hi, is he? he goes, man, my son, he's in school. I said, how's he doing? He goes, I don't want to lie to you, Pastor. And anytime somebody says, I don't want to lie to you, Pastor, it ain't going to be good. He says, my kid's dumb. He said, my kid ain't going to make it. He says, my kid says, Daddy, I don't like school. And I said, he, said, he goes to summer school every summer. I said, son, if you don't like school so much, do a little better. He says, I'm going to summer school again, Dad. Oh, man, that ain't, the, that ain't the sharpest knife in the drawer. You know what I'm saying? Now, maybe he's not able. I don't know, but his dad certainly, he just stopped me and felt free to share with me about how his son was struggling so I could pray for him. Okay, so here it is, God's once and for all substitute. This third cup here, breaking the bread, ultimately redeem his people. He takes the cup and he gives thanks. And this is the blood of my covenant and it's poured out for you. Oh man, that is, that's the good news of gospel. Christ just pours out freely. The blood redeems us. The blood saves us. No efforts. No work. Our works, our righteousness is as filthy rags before Jesus. But Christ is supreme and Christ is sufficient. And Jesus is holy. And Jesus is enough. And Jesus is acceptable to the Father. I like what John said. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the whole world. Man, when he prophesied those words, we read them today and go, Behold, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We act like it's no big deal. God, this is big deal. This is big stuff to Father God. This is big stuff to our soul when the church says, Man, Christ takes away sin, man. I mean, we, we can't make it right. We, we can't do it, but man, Christ can. Christ is enough. So he renews us here in this relationship 
And, and, and you move on down through here, you're, you're reading Mark 14, just looking at a couple of verses, and he talks about this blood of the covenant, and, I, and now I won't drink again until I come in to my Father's kingdom. Until you come, he's already there, but when we come into the kingdom, then I'll sit down with you and I'll do this again. Let me give you another alternative passage. It's the, the book of Revelation, Revelation 19, 9. Listen to God's word. And then the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, these are the true words of God. Have you ever not been invited to something? Now, don't raise your hand and go, yeah, you know, I'm still bitter about it. I preached on bitterness a few weeks ago. Go listen to the podcast, okay? But I, I know I've been there. Sometimes I had not been invited to something like, I cannot believe that. They did not invite me. And you feel a little snub. But let me tell you, this is the one you want to be invited. Make sure you get included in this event. This is the one you don't want to miss. You're saying, but I didn't get invited to Joe's barbecue. Well, I don't know, whatever. Maybe Joe forgot about you. Maybe Joe don't like you. I don't know. But you don't want to miss Jesus' barbecue. You know, <laughs> that's a little loose. I didn't mean it. The, the wedding supper of the land. It's going to be phenomenal. You don't want to miss it. And, and for you that show up late for church, you don't want to show up late for this one. Although, you know, either you're going to make it or not. I don't know if you're going to, going to be late attenders or how all that works. It's, it's going to be amazing to me. I can just ima uh, imagine if God says, Keith, you know what your job in heaven is? You're going to be a doorman at the house of the Lord. You used to complain at Christ's community, so for all eternity, I want you to greet people at the door. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That would be purgatory. You know what I'm saying? No, no, it would not. It'd be awesome. Oh, man, you made it. I'd be sitting there going, man, you made it. They'd go, you made it. You made it. Oh, that's awesome. To be a doorman in the house of the Lord would be a great place not to be there. Amen? But God's got so much for us to do. Jesus just says, I give my life. I'm here. I give it freely to those that will receive it. And this morning we center around this. So let me, let me move into this. you got this whole thing in the Old Testament. And we've done it with matzo bread, unleavened bread. We do it with other bread. And there's a lot of teaching that I could do on that. But basically they, they would host these events and they would have the Passover meal. And today we have Holy Communion and we come or we won't come today. We actually won't come to the table today. We'll actually we'll receive it where we sit, and we'll take it together. But I love what it says. that He holds up the bread. And I think that I've got a slide here. Can you show it? It's going to be in Hebrew. Yeah, there it is. And this right here, Baruch. And, and I made him in Adonai. And I can do some of those words, some of them I murder. And they, they taught us in seminary. Uh, basically, when you say stuff, say it fast, say it with authority, and move on. You know? And it's always funny to me when people enunciate Greek and Hebrew words in the way I learned them and the way you pronounce them, and it kind of depends on what part of the country. But, but here, here's the thought. When he says this, here's the translation. Blessed art thou, Lord God, you are king of the universe. And the church said, he is. He is supreme. He rules. He reigns. And um, so this cup of redemption gets passed around, and this cup of redemption that they would pass around, it's the Eucharist, if you will. It's the thanks be unto God for redemption. And this morning, I hope when you receive communion, we're going to do it so different that maybe you will have more time to reflect and pause. And you will give thanks in your heart, or you might give thanks out loud, that's fine with me, to God Almighty for what he has done in Christ for you and for me. So, Lord, we want to, and then in this fourth and final cup is the cup of praise. And, and in this one, 
it's, it, it's just it's an awesome thing that this um, blood of the new covenant, that, Lord, I praise you for this event. I praise you for this experience. And, and that's what I want you to, I hope after today, that you will begin to look at communion as an experience of his presence, an experience of the grace of the Almighty has come near in his son. And there's only two sacraments that we celebrate as evangelical Christians. The first one is baptism. Amen. And the second one is the Lord's Supper, Holy Communion. And today we celebrate one of the sacraments, ordinances of the church. And we happen to do it monthly, and it's a beautiful thing unto the Lord. But Lord, you, you've invited us to share. So let me look at these five C's, because I want us to get to this time of, of mutual communal accountability. Number one, the first C is confession. God wants us to come in confession to him, connecting with him. And in Psalm, if you write down Psalm 32.5, I know some of you all love to take notes and you just bless this pastor's heart and you walk out and sometimes I look at your Bible and you show them to me and I go, glory. And some of you are like, I don't even take notes. I'm too smart for notes and you don't. But here it is. Psalm 32.5. Then I acknowledge my sin to you. Do not cover my iniquity. Not yet, Jerry. We're a while, but five C's. Um, I acknowledge my sin. And I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. That's what communion does. When we come in confession to the Lord, he, he forgives us. Now, this, the second verse is Psalm 103, verse 4, and I want you to see this. He who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. This morning, God wants to crown us. And he redeems us with great mercy and great love. But then there's a passage in the New Testament that we love to share as New Testament believers. It's, it's the book of James. It's the fifth chapter. It's the 16th verse. And listen to what James says about confession. Therefore, confess your sins each to the other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Pray that you can be healed. That the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. There's a lot of people that probably aren't healed because there's an unrepentant, there's not confession, and, and God wants us to confess to one another and confess to the Almighty, and he heals us. I, I love this. Isaiah 59, 2 says, Your iniquities have become a separation between you and your God. Your sins have hidden your face from me that he does not hear you. So this morning, here's the whole uh, premise. I want us, and I pray that we come near with clean hands, and pure hearts, God, I confess, God, I have sinned this week. God, I have sinned this day. I, Lord, I have missed it. I have messed up. I've, God, I, I need forgiveness. God, I need mercy. God, forgive me of that sin. And just fill in the blank. And it might be a short list. It might be a long list. I don't know, but we'll have a chance this morning. And instead of covering over your sin, confess your sin. If we confess our sins... If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 9. God, I, I love that promise that the blood of Christ covers us. So, Lord, where I've disobeyed you, I've now confess it. And give me the courage and the grace to walk differently. God, that's what I want. The second one, look at it. Here it is, the covenant. This is a covenant meal. A covenant meal, God is in the covenants. That's a, a fascinating study, covenants. But this covenant is for those that are the covenant of faith, those that have been born again, those that are redeemed. In this, we are invited to this covenant meal together. This meal, i, I, I got to say it clear, this meal is for everyone 
that confesses Jesus Christ. For everyone that will repent of their sins and receive this, this is for you. But if, but, 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 but if you're not a believer, if you don't ascribe to faith in Jesus Christ, let me just ask you for your own health's sake. Don't receive it. Say, hey, I just want to be honest. I, I'm not a follower yet of Jesus. But I want to be. Oh, man, you could be today. And so we, we do that. We believe in Jesus. We encounter. Here's what's going to happen today. When you receive, I believe that we encounter the presence of the living Christ. How many believe that with me today? I don't believe like the Catholic would teach us that it actually becomes the body and the blood of Christ. But I do believe that the presence of Almighty God, of the Lord Jesus Christ, comes and moves and invades in a powerful way through the means of communion. And I just know that this morning, it's a holy habit, but I hope it's an experience of encounter. Third, and I've said it clearly, just don't partake in an unworthy manner. Lord, uh, in the scripture, listen to this. They ate in unworthy manners and they were struck down for disobedience. Leviticus 10, not very good. Uh, Judas, he ate the meal of the Last Supper. And the body says, and then he went out and betrayed himself, or betrayed Jesus, and then he went out and he did what? Hung himself. Didn't turn out very good for him. So in 1 Corinthians, write it down, 1 Corinthians 11, 28. 26 earlier, now 28. Paul says, when you partake of this meal, take in a worthy manner. Take in a way that I obey God. Look at third. The, see the table? Confession, covenant, it's consecration. God, I want to be set aside. I want to be separate for your purposes. God, I, I just want to do it in a way that I want to separate myself from things that are unclean. And here's the thing. You can't, but he can. Christ, help me to overcome that entangling sin in my life, that sin, Hebrews says, that besetting sin, that sin that trips me up, God, help me to repent and to turn from that. And God, help me to consecrate myself today. We'll consecrate the elements. That means set them aside for the holiness and the presence of Christ. But then for us, our response is, God, I want to consecrate myself to you. It's a great concept this morning. The fourth, look quickly, Christ-filled. This table is Christ-filled. It's Christ-centered is Christ present? Is Christ overflowing? God, we're grateful for you that Jesus, here, here's the only thing I want you to know about Christ field. Jesus is here. Jesus is here in our experience, in, in the elements. He comes near. He promises to. He says, do this often in remembrance of me. When you do this, you proclaim my death and then I'll come again. And doing this, you drink for the forgiveness of sin through the precious blood of Christ. Lord, I want to, and then look at the fifth one quickly, celebrate. This is a celebration meal for believers. <laughs> I mean, the, you know, when he first instituted this, I was like, man, is Jesus accountable? Man, what is, what is this thing, man? They're eating flesh. And Jesus like, man, you don't understand with spiritual eyes and spiritual hearts. But this is a, a meal of the kingdom. This is a meal of divine importance. This is, this is the meal that is so incredibly powerful. So this morning, we're going to gather. Right now, I'm going to invite my friends, if they would go to, to the sides. There's like about eight of you that are going to serve communion today. And it connects us with Christ, and it connects us with one another as a faith community, as a faith family. And here's what I know. If you're broken today, if you're sinful if you're disabled, 
If you're crippled, and I'm not, and I'm not telling you, hey, you could be physically, but if you're crippled spiritually, if you're disabled, if you're, if you're whatever some of your habits have been, whatever it is, this is a time to ask Christ to examine your heart, to give you cleansing, and to receive communion this morning. So what I'm going to do is we are, I'm going to instruct my friends. They are going to pass the elements to you. I don't want anybody to take communion. They want to pass. So if y'all get on both sides, I want to pray a prayer of consecration right before y'all start. If y'all just stand on the sides at the front and hold them for a moment. And let's pray for this. Father, in the strong name of Jesus, we ask that your presence would be so rich and so felt and that you would come and dwell among us and in us and in this room and flow up and down the rows. Come, Lord God, and consecrate these elements unto yourself. Cleanse our hearts from sin. Right now, I ask you, friend, ask the Lord to search your heart over this song that we'll do in a moment. Ask the Lord to get you clean in Jesus' name. One of the things about being a contemporary church, we don't have pews with little communion holders that hit me this week. I knew there was something I missed about pews. I just couldn't remember what it was. I knew it was not the uncomfortability of sitting in one, but it's the communion holder. Lord, we are grateful for the table, for inviting us, instructing us, inspiring us, cleansing us. We celebrate today as a community of faith that you will come again. In the name of Christ. Communion always reminds us that we're forgiven. It always expresses our oneness in the Savior. But communion always encourages us to recommit ourselves afresh, anew, today, to follow Jesus. What I want to do now is something that I don't know that I've ever done it here, but I just thought this would be a great time. If you have your scriptures, you might turn your Bible over to Psalm 118. And as we get there together, I am going to do the first part. And it's going to say, go ahead and put up mine. It's going to say PK, and then it's going to have congregation. So I'm going to read my section, and then I'm going to have you read your section. So we're going to do kind of a responsive reading. So let me invite everybody in the room to stand up. Would you do that with me? Okay, here we go. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. Let the house of Aaron now say, His mercy endures forever. In my anguish, I cried to the Lord, and He answered by setting me free. The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I will look in triumph on my enemies. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. They surround me. Yes, they surrounded me. But in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. You push me violently, and then I might fall, but the Lord, help me. Amen. 
The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. Open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go through them and I will praise the Lord. I will praise you for you have answered me and have become my salvation. This was the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. Save now, I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. God is the Lord, and He has given us light. Bind the sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. O give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. Amen. I know some of you are like, man, we ain't never done nothing like that around here before. The Jewish people of old would have taken Psalm 118. Some people had said the, the verse that I didn't read to you says, and they went out and they sang a hymn, and somebody said, and what hymn did they sing? Oh, mighty fortress is our God. The song wasn't written yet. So they would, that was funny, okay. And so they took, they took the Psalms, and the Psalms were written to sing to the Lord. So they would sing Psalm 118. Now, I cannot imagine the tune that it was if we had sang what we just read. But I did that in honor of God in His eternal Word. So this morning... We walk out of here forgiven and anew in Jesus Christ. So I was just asking, Lord, how do we close today? So, Father, we rejoice in your greatness and your power and your wealth and your mercy. Your gentleness and your love is so near. God, enable us by your Holy Spirit to follow hard after Jesus Christ, to be a witness to the nations. And, Lord... Let our light shine that someone might see Christ in us. Go out and be a witness, for Christ is in you. Amen.